Hey everyone, Tim here, the Dungeon Master for Trapped Under Dice. So I'm excited to start bringing our adventure to you in the coming weeks, but uh, before the next leg of our player's journey begins, I thought it would be nice to recap the events that lead up to our first episode. For those of you who are intimately familiar with Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition or other actual play podcasts, it will come as little surprise to you that we begin with the adventure The Lost Minds of Fandelver. Uh, if you don't know, The Lost Minds is an adventure found in the D&D 5th Edition starter set. Uh, it's a nice adventure to show the ropes of D&D to newbie players and dungeon masters alike, which, back in 2017, when our campaign started, we, we all were. So, uh, if you're currently playing or intend to play Lost Minds, I shouldn't have to say that there be spoilers ahead, uh, but there be. So, you've been warned. So... With all of that out of the way, let me tell you the story thus far. Our story begins along the Tribor Trail. Five hired hands escort a wagon of supplies towards the lonely village of Phandalin on behalf of the Rockseekers. Gundren, Tharden, and Nundro. Three dwarven brothers who believe they have discovered the location of Wave Echo Cave, home of the lost mind of Fandelver. A mine that was not only rich with precious metals, but rumored to contain a forge used in the enchanting of magical items. The Lord's Alliance has a vested interest in the security and prosperity of the Sword Coast, and finding and reopening the mine would undoubtedly breathe life into the surrounding area. Sildar Hallwinter, member of the Lord's Alliance, and Gundren Rockseeker, the eldest of the Rockseeker brothers, ride ahead from Neverwinter to the village of Phandalin. The wagon's escorts are Dane, a dwarven cleric and kin to the Rockseeker brothers. Long journeys can tend to be perilous if one is unprepared, and Dane's cousins are businessmen, not fighters. He travels with the Rockseekers to protect their interests, after all. It's just good business to have someone on hand who can mend wounds and crack skulls. Deirdre, a half-drow druid who grew up in a small village to the east of Neverwinter. Like her human grandfather, she is a member of the Emerald Enclave and tasked to assist the Rockseekers in navigating the wilderness to reach Wave Echo Cave. Maeve, the wizard. Far from the forest where she was raised and tutored, Maeve wanted to see the world beyond the trees where many of her kin would be content to stay for centuries. As a very young moon elf in her 80s, she has the rebellious and brash nature of a human teenager and tends to get herself into trouble. Lorelai, the half-elven bard, found herself in a Neverwinter tavern, sorting out a misunderstanding with Gundren Rockseeker after her dear friend Maeve tried to swindle money from the dwarf. Herself raised by family friends in the great dwarven mining city of Mirabar, Lorelai could not resist the adventure and the story that would come with finding the lost mine. Corwin, a human fighter with a troubled past and recently retired from the Vihan Mercenary Corps. Raised in the Corps since before he was an adolescent, Corwin has struggled to adjust to civilian life. Fortunately, over those years, he made the acquaintance of Sildar Hallwinter of the Lord's Alliance, who offered him a job, escorting a wagon of supplies to a remote farming and prospecting village. Word of raids on merchants and caravans down in that area has reached Sildar's ears, and he'd prefer to not take the chances on the supplies for the Fandelver expedition. 
Part 1. The Ambush A half a day's journey outside of Phandalin, the travelers discover two horses felled by black-fletched arrows. Recognizing the steeds as the ones belonging to Sildar and Gundren, they are ambushed by a group of goblins. After slaying most of them, the party captures a retreating goblin. The goblin tells them that his clan, the Kragmaw, are operating out of a cavern nearby. The Kragmaw have been raiding caravans in the area for weeks now, but they had specific orders to keep an eye out for a dwarf matching Gundren's description. The party hitches the wagon off-road a little ways into the wilderness and has their new prisoner lead them to the cave on foot. They leave the goblin half-bound in a pit trap meant for pursuers along the trail. Two, the hideout. Their march to the hideout ends at a rocky hill with a natural cave at its base. A brook streams from the cave mouth down into the forest. The party happens upon two sentry goblins outside the cave, which they dispatch and proceed into the darkness within. As they navigate the cave, they sneak past or kill several Kragmaw before finding themselves in a den where they find more goblins and a beaten and near-death Sildar Hallwinter. One of the goblins introduces himself as Yemek. Yemek threatens to kill Sildar unless the adventurers agree to eliminate Clark, the bugbear foreman who's heading up operations out of the cave. The party, realizing they probably couldn't force a confrontation without getting Sildar killed, reluctantly agrees. They find the bugbear and dispatch him and his wolves with the help of the goblin Koo. As they rummage through the personal treasures that Clark kept for himself, Maeve discovers a jade statuette of a frog with gold orbs for eyes, which she immediately claims to take for safekeeping on behalf of the party, of course. Yemek holds up his end of the bargain and releases Sildar, but not after attempting to extort the party for more of Clark's treasure. The group learns that Clark received orders to waylay Gundren and had sent both Gundren and the map Gundren carried to Kragmaw Keep. Weary from battle, the party takes Sildar from the cave, recovers their wagon, and continues the rest of the way to Phandalin. Three, Phandalin. The party arrives in Phandalin to find the town harassed by a rogue mercenary company called the Red Brands. Sildar explains that a fellow member of the Lord's Alliance, Iarno Albrecht, was sent to Phandalin two months ago to assess the situation in the village. His mission was to establish a Lord's Alliance presence in preparation for the securing and reopening of Phandalfer Mine. However, Iarno stopped responding weeks ago, and Sildar made the journey to investigate his disappearance and finish Albrecht's task. After an encounter with the Redbrands on the streets of Phandalin ends in bloodshed, the party interrogates a lone surviving mercenary. The Red Brands are holed up under the historic ruins of Tresidar Manor and led by someone who they call Glass Staff. They disguise themselves in the red cloaks of the fallen Red Brands and find the entrance that leads beneath the old manor. The disguises work briefly, but not for long. Shortly after searching the mausoleum of the ancient manor's family, where Corwin discovers a platinum signet ring, the group finds a room with prisoners. The cells contain Myrna Dendrar and her children, 
Myrna's husband, Thel, the party learned earlier, was publicly murdered in the streets by the Red Branch just the other day for speaking up about the mercenary occupation of the village. Thel's body was dragged away, presumably back to this hideout. The party kills the guards and releases the family. An investigation of one of the passages leads to a secret door leading directly to the Red Brand's leader, Glassstaff. Glassstaff surrenders mid-battle, and it is revealed that he's actually Iarno Albrecht, the missing Lord's Alliance liaison. During his interrogation, he explains that he broke from the Lord's Alliance and allied himself with someone known as the Black Spider. The Spider tasked Albrecht with preoccupying the town and also instructed King Grawl of the Kragmaw tribe to capture Gundren. The Black Spider requires the location of Wave Echo Cave and its lost Fandelver mine to gain access to the Forge of Spells. The adventurers bind and gag Yarno and drag him along as they finish clearing out the Redbrand threat in the hideout. They discover a group from the Kragmaw tribe also present, a goblin lackey informs the group of the existence of a creature in the caverns attached to the hideout that the wizard and the Red Brands feed with people, which the party decides to avoid. The Red Brands seemingly dealt with, Iarno was delivered to the Mare of Phandalin and Sildar Hallwinter, where he is imprisoned until Sildar can return him to Neverwinter for trial. Back in town, Corwin asks about the signet ring and whether any distant relations may be interested in it. He learns that the last Tresidar, Ulrich, also known as the Black Hawk, supposedly died in the catacombs of the caverns beneath the manor centuries ago, defending the town against an incursion of orcs. 4. Kragmaw Castle The group decides that the next course of action is retrieving Gundren Rockseeker from Kragmaw Castle. In the wilderness, ten miles north of Phandalin, the party comes upon a hobgoblin raiding party. Sparing one of them and taking him prisoner to serve as a guide to find the castle quicker, they venture forth. Nearing the castle, which is really a mostly collapsed ruin of one, the party tosses the bound hobgoblin down a hill to his freedom. Sneaking through the back entrance, the group quickly finds the chambers of King Grawl, drawn there by a raised gruff voice and a placating female voice. Inside the chambers, the party finds the bugbear king with his ferocious pet wolf, negotiating with a female drow agent of the Black Spider for Gundren's map to Wave Echo Cave. Gundren himself lay beaten and unconscious in the corner of the room. Deidre shapeshifts into a dire wolf and lunges for King Grawl's wolf, while Corwin engages the drow agent and Maeve, Lorelai, and Dane fight the king. After the wolf and bugbear fall, the drow is defeated, Using magic, Maeve attempts to persuade the Dark Elf that they don't need to fight. They only need information. The agent looks at Maeve and raises her hands, seemingly in surrender, before smiling and grabbing herself by the head and snapping her own neck. Shocked by the action, the party watches as the elven features melt away, leaving a blank canvas of dark gray skin and all-white eyes. A shape-shifting creature of the Underdark, known as a doppelganger. The party searches the rest of the castle and recovers the belongings of both Gundren and Sildar. They also discover a captive owlbear. Corwin is content to leave it there, not wanting to endanger the group needlessly. 
He is overruled by Deidre, however, who objects to leaving the creature imprisoned. After a lengthy discussion about what owlbears eat, how to keep from being eaten, and how exactly to get the owlbear out, the party dismembers the limbs of the Kragmaw King, leaving a trail of fresh meat from the owlbear's prison to the wilderness beyond. The group rests for a time before returning Gundren to Phandalin. 5. The Crevasse While Gundren takes time to recover, the party acquaints themselves with more of Phandalin's citizens and learns about other things troubling the town. They decide they want to venture back into the caverns underneath the old manor and deal with whatever creature Glassstaff had down in the crevasse, as it would likely be a threat to the town with no one there to feed it. Down in the caverns, they find that the crevasse is unnaturally cold, likely by magical means. They also find plenty of animal and humanoid remains, including the half-eaten body of someone matching the description of Theldendrar, Myrna's husband, who had been killed days earlier by the Redbrands. A ghastly, one-eyed creature with talons skulks towards the group. Maeve recognizes the aberration as a Nothic. The resulting battle triggers latent arcane powers within Corwin, as fire erupts from his hands and burns the Nothic to death. With the Nothic dead, the party investigates the crevasse coming across the Nothic's small hoard of treasure, including a longsword in a silver scabbard. The sword reads Talon on the hilt, and identifying the sword reveals that it was once the sword of the Black Hawk, Aleth Tresadar. Theldendrar's body is recovered and returned for a proper burial. Myrna thanks the party, and although she doesn't have much to offer in terms of payment, she does reveal that before her family fled their home of Thundertree when she was young, a family heirloom was left in their old herbalist shop, and they are welcome to it if their travels take them there. 6. Thundertree As the party investigates troubles in the surrounding area of Phandalin, they do find their way to Thundertree. The town was abandoned decades ago after the eruption of Mount Hotnow. The town had been overrun by zombies, and strange magics animated some of the local plant life. They discovered the druid Rydoth, a member of the Emerald Enclave who informs the adventurers that a young green dragon made its lair in a ruined tower in the town. The party, not wanting to confront a dragon at this time, explored the rest of the town, where they find Myrna's family heirloom. They also enter another abandoned shop, where they discover a small band of dragon worshippers, intending to pay tribute to the green dragon to gain its favor. The dragon worshippers attack the party, after the conversation took a turn when the party mentioned perhaps slaying the dragon. After all the attackers lay dead, the party decides that they aren't equipped to slay a dragon, and opt to return to Phandalin and strike out for Wave Echo Cave. 7. Wave Echo Cave Upon entering Wave Echo Cave, the party finds a makeshift camp where they discover the body of Tharden Rockseeker. The cave itself was infested with the animated dead of former inhabitants of the mine, as well as the minions of the Black Spider. The party fights their way through the mine, discovering the Black Spider, a drow wizard named Nesnar. The battle both begins and ends quickly, and in the ensuing conflict, Nesnar is killed by Deidre in her direwolf form. The room contains a giant statue of Dumathoin, the dwarven god of mining, and the statue's eyes contain large green gems. Knowing what's about to happen, 
and knowing Dane wouldn't approve of the defacement of a dwarven god, Lorelai convinces Dane to leave the temple room with her. Corwin expresses his misgivings about taking the gems, but Deidre and Maeve are already after the prize. Maeve moves to pry a gem out with a dagger, triggering the temple ceiling to collapse, nearly killing Maeve, Deidre, and Corwin. Dane and Lorelai rush back in and heal the party. Dane inspects the scene and determines that parts of this mine may not be entirely stable. After resting a bit, they soon discover Nundra Rockseeker being held by another drow agent of the Black Spider. Upon killing the agent and rescuing Nundro, it's revealed that the agent is also a doppelganger. With Nundro rescued and Tharden avenged, the only thing left is to secure the mine. They find the Forge of Spells, though its power is almost non-existent. A creature still guards it called Spectator, an aberration that had been bound to protect the Forge centuries ago by the wizards that were housed here. With no one to release it from its duty, the Spectator had grown mad, unaware of the time that passed, and that the wizards that it served have long since turned to dust. Not being openly hostile to the party, but firm in its duty, the group withdraws from the room not wanting to kill the spectator unless they have to. Continuing to explore the cave, they find the bedchambers of the wizards that once resided here. As they approach an old strongbox, the wizard it once belonged to appeared in the form of a wraith. The wraith, spending centuries in this form and filled with hate, attacks the party. They defeat it, and they search through the contents of the chest, they learn that in life the Wraith's name was Mormesk. They also discover an old journal, not Mormesk's, but another wizard. Within, they find a map to an unknown location. Maeve, using illusionary magic, alters her appearance to approximate what Mormesk probably looked like in life. Passing herself off as one of the wizards who worked in the mine, she informs the spectator that its workers will be leaving the mine and its services are no longer required. Convinced of this, the spectator wishes the wizard a good day and returns to its dimension. 8. The Return to Phandalin The party returns to Phandalin as heroes and are welcome and even encouraged to stay. To that end, Sildar invites Corwin to become an agent of the Lord's Alliance. Corwin takes it upon himself to lead the restoration of Tresadar Manor. The surviving Rockseeker brothers and kinsman Dane leave to have Tharden's body entombed, but will soon return to oversee the reopening of the mine. Much of the party stays in Phandalin for a time, but one by one, many of its members leave town for their own personal reasons, unknown if their paths will ever cross again. Though Gundren did promise a share of profits from the mine, so if not bound by friendship, perhaps by coin, especially since the green gem from the eye of the statue of Dumathoin turned out to be glass. And with that, you are all caught up. An eight-month adventure summed up in about 15 minutes. I want to give a big shout-out to TabletopAudio.com, link in the show notes, that's where all the music and sound effects came from for this episode. It's, uh, it's free to use. You can incorporate it into your own gaming sessions. So definitely check them out. Hopefully you enjoyed this introductory episode to Trapped Under Dice, and you will return for us for episode one in a few weeks here. 
as we run another very classic 5th edition campaign. Spoiler alert, there's dragons. <laughs>